today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's Tatcock with Adam Oldfield, of course, brought to you by Vacuuman. Adam, of course, is the president and CEO of FPM and FPM3 Marketing. How are you today, my friend? You know what? I'm doing well. I'm a little chilly, though, Bill. I'm going to be honest. I had to change my jammies to a pair of pants today because uh, I felt a little bit of a coolness coming through. So I'm not happy about the temperature. I'm glad I get to be home, but I had to put on a little thicker pants today. Same thing. I had an extra blanket last night. It was it's a frost warning. I mean, come on, it's May. What's going on here? Tell me about it. I mean, like all of this, all the tech in the world can't seem to fix the temperature yet, though, Bill. That's that's the problem. <laughs> well, thank heavens, though, the people can vacuum in that can clean their ducts out, and the furnace is going to work properly. Probably right into July this year, I would think. Anyway, uh, we'll Absolutely. see what the weather's that- going to be like. Uh, I want to start off. Listen, I want to start off with a story that uh, that just broke earlier this week, and it has to do with a what was supposed to be a major project in downtown Toronto uh, with uh, Alphabet, and uh, this was a uh, something that a lot of people were concerned about. This it's Adam. This has been wrapped in controversy since the day they announced this. Absolutely. And you know what, Bill, the reason I wanted to bring it up was because of the fact that it's got sort of a good and a bad thing to it. My whole take on the whole sidewalk labs or what they call it, Quayside or the area they were referring to, I mean, there is a lot of animosity to it. There is a lot of excitement to it. And the reality is that, you know, this project getting pulled by Alphabet was claimed because it was COVID and because of the challenges they've had to run up against. I think the reality was they wanted 200 acres to make this city of technology be built, and they were only limited to a very, very small amount. I think it was uh, 12 acres or something. I can't, I don't know the exact number, but I'll say this, Bill, that this probably was a blessing in disguise. I think Canada dodged a bullet. And as much as it was really cool how it was going to work, and for those that don't know, Sidewalk Labs in Toronto was going to be taking an area off the port, and they were going to be uh, investing, they being Alphabet, Google, was going to put a lot of money, millions of dollars, into creating a, a a, a new uh, infrastructure, technological uh, research development where homes would be built out of lumber that would be energy efficient. Cars, auto, autonomous vehicles, uh, where we've been talking about their level three, level four, these would be level five driving vehicles, would pick people up and drive them, uh, fully, compa- uh, fully compatible to be automated. This world was something out of uh, a sci-fi movie if it was to come to fruition in the years. Now, why I think it's a good, and again, this is Adam, tech talk, every day talking about the greatest and all the neatest things coming out says this isn't good and I'll tell you why because in my world or my definition of what this was Sidewalk Labs in Toronto was uh, my interpretation a Canadian version of a communist community it would track every movement it would track what you cooked when you cooked when you left your door how often you opened that lock on the door Um, the option was given if you wanted to be anonymous you would have been able to be, uh, you know, not tracked, but that came with cost. If you were giving full access to data to get uh, to Google and Alphabet, then they would give you rewards, meaning you would get free taxi rides. You would get access and discounts to merchants in that community. It was actually a very dystopian environment, Bill. And so in my take on this, Sidewalk Labs being uh, pulled out from, from Alphabet is not a bad thing. I think it was 
too quick, too fast, and China would have been very proud if this actually did exist. Well, yeah, that's the sort of thing that we talk about, about you know, some of the people that live in these, these countries like that and, and Soviet Russia and places back in the old days anyway. So why did they pull out, though? Because they seem to still want to move forward on this. I know Toronto City Council was still pretty much in favor of it, but was it just the pushback that they, they continually got on this? I think it was a lot of things. As I mentioned earlier, they were originally hoping to get 200 acres, and I think it was agreed that they would allow them only 12 to be able to do the development or start the process of it. And Alphabet is still involved, but going to be more on very uh, small investments. Like, they won't be putting as much in regards to the full development and infrastructure, so they're going to be doing small things. Like I mentioned, you know, they're going to be utilizing a lot of their innovative, uh, you know, timber 35-story sidewalk, if you will, or a sorry, Skyrise, um, you know, that sort of element is going to be there. They're going to also incorporate a lot of their health and artificial intelligence that was also going to be an element within that community. So in that, they're not gone, but I think the reason this gave them a great purpose to use COVID as an excuse to say, due to the circumstances, we aren't able to continue to invest. Um, I think they were very frustrated over the fact that there was a lot of uh, controversy and there was a lot of lobbyists claiming that there was, should be no sidewalk or whatever. I can't remember the, the lobby group, but there was a lot of pushback, and that makes it very challenging. And I, again, Adam speaking from a business operative side, I know that if they were to proceed, it would have cost them three times the amount of money due to the fact of systems they would have to come up with in this new COVID business world we're going to be uh, living in. So I think there was a lot of unknowns, a lot of not, you know, why work in an area where you're feeling there's a lot of pushback and further, we're not getting all the area we need to really put our investment in. And, and honestly, Bill, the bottom line was Alphabet is a profitable company. They wanted data. This is what their main goal was. They weren't going to get it with what they were going to be shortchanged with. Yeah, uh, they wanted the whole pie and not just a little slice, I guess, and that's what it comes down to. Uh, I'm always impressed with the, the stories you find us about artificial intelligence and, and especially uh, practical uses of it in the medical field. And, and that seems to be something that's really developing. Well, one of the things we know of is that, you know, when you're going through testing, uh, you know, biopsies can be extremely uncomfortable. They go through a whole process of, you know, like uh, obviously invasive procedures that can make it so uncomfortable and even hurt for that matter. And so you're already in an emotional stage prior to getting a biopsy. Well, now they've got an ability using artificial intelligence to the degree of 99% accuracy, Bill, that MRIs can be done on individuals. And from that MRI, artificial intelligence can now determine possibly looking through DNA and the status of how your uh, the MRI results are coming in, they can determine the signs and types of cancer you will be getting. Not only just the signs and the type, they're actually stating the levels you will go through and the timing it will increase. So this is a big advancement when it comes to how artificial intelligence is using, uh, in this case, a brain tumor. They would be able to accurately sit with a patient and say, here's the status of your tumor here's what the stages are going to be according to artificial intelligence we've determined that it's going to be an impact that's going to in three months be at this level at six months be at this level and why that's good and bad is you can prepare and be aware of how you might be able to address these concerns so artificial intelligence is really taking an advancement in cancer research all right uh, lots to talk about here what's going on with samsung it's got a problem, Bill. And if you and I were in the studio, you'd be grinning at me as I know you are right now. 
In fact, it made Apple's problem of its security mail issue look like it was a drop in the bucket because, unfortunately, Samsung has a crap, a very, very critical illness. It's a perfect 10 when you look at, boy, is my phone secure? Guess what? No, it's not. Samsung, since 2014, has a massive security issue, so serious, you don't even need to open an email or click a link to cause your phone to be susceptible to being taken over by hackers. So Samsung is going to be releasing a patch. Anyone with a Samsung phone, and this is all phones, by the way, folks. If you've got a Samsung phone, you're going to want to probably approve that security update that's coming to you. And it's really sad because it's been since 2014, Bill. That's six years this has been open and they've discovered this issue. So there's going to be a lot of patches coming out. And Samsung is not uh, as secure as which we wanted it to be, or I wanted it to be. So yes, update your Samsung phone if you do have one. Is this where I say I told you so? <laughs> no, I didn't want to hear it. See, I knew you were going to finish it with that. I knew it. Oh, uh, boy. I just looking at my Apple here and say, yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, no, nobody's scoring at home anyway. Uh, listen, we talked about Google Voice, and, and now it's available in Canada. We've seen Google just jump into this picture since COVID, Bill. And honestly, I mean, Google's been always a bit of a what's going on, so many different variables. Well, Canadians can now take advantage of Google Voice. It was always in the United States, across Europe, and now it's available in Canada. So small businesses that are trying to migrate and figure out or redevelop their new process is really trying, you know, one of the struggles is, where's my phones? How do I get my phone working? I know a lot of them are trying to adjust to that. Well, I can't be in the office or one person goes in. Google Voice is now available. And what makes it unique is it works on your phone, Apple and Android, and can give you the flexibility of having that VoIP service to call anywhere in the world and at zero cost. That's a big, big savings for a small business that's trying to reinvent itself. So if you're looking for a phone number, Google Voice, if you Google it, if you Google Google Voice, it's a phone service that allows you to talk using your computer and your, and your uh, smartphone. Always some innovative products that you uh, dig up for us every week. What's Microsoft up to? This one kind of made me laugh. Is that Microsoft did their virtual announcement of some of their Surface products and their laptops, and, and you know what? It's it's not really too exciting to talk about. This one did make me feel I had to share. Microsoft has new earbuds. It's the latest. Samsung came out with their earbuds. Uh, you know, Apple was innovative. They came out with the AirPods, and now Microsoft has. Surface earbuds. And what's neat about this and why I'm bringing it up is that, you know, we always feel, okay, good quality sound. They work with our phone. They work with our computer. This one made me go, well, this is a reason to upgrade your earbuds. One of them is it lets you control your PowerPoint presentation. All you got to do is just touch your earlobe and it will move to the next slide. I don't know how cool that is or not. I just wonder <laughs> as watching someone in a room touching their ear, I just, I don't know if that's going to be annoying or whether I think that's the coolest thing ever just like cia agents like to kind of touch their ear when they're talking i almost vision this inside boardrooms virtual boardrooms for that matter that you don't have to touch anything but your earlobe to move to the next slide well now, done microsoft now you do a lot of those things though don't you so this is going to be great for you 
It is, but you know what? I, I, that's why I kind of giggled at it because I thought of all the things that we're saying, look at the latest and greatest. I don't know if that's the one that I would think is really that cool. Um, I might look like I've got a, an ear problem, you know, constantly touching my ear. Is there something wrong, Mr. Oldfield? There's something in your ear, a little too much earwax? Um, no, no, no. I'm just changing slides. Thank you. Please focus on the screen. <laughs> so I don't Next know if it's really that innovative. Just, Carol Burnett used to do that on her old TV show, Tug at Her Ear. That's, I guess she was... That's what she was doing. Who knew? Uh, we haven't talked about autonomous vehicles for a while. What's going on? Well, this one, one of the things that come out of this research is autonomous vehicles are not necessarily accepted by people. And you and I talk about it could be a new way, where we at, are people comfortable, will they crash, whatever. Here's the big thing, and this is probably accurate. If you saw a vehicle driving towards you, no one in it, and as it's arriving, you're thinking, is it stopping for me? Does it see me? Does it, is that my car? Well, Jaguar Land Rover has come up, and it, honestly, it's the freakiest thing I've ever seen, Bill. They put, robotic eyes they look like something from that you know thomas the uh the 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 engine um uh, so thomas the tank these, engine thomas, yeah thomas the tank engine it looks exactly like that it's actually extremely freaky so these eyeballs on the front of this autonomous vehicle will now look around as it's driving down the street and if you if you're making eye contact with this autonomous vehicle, whether it's a taxi, an Uber, a, a Lyft, or whatever, the eyeballs will now make eye contact and, you know, approach you, which I think is the most scariest, freaky, nightmarish thing anyone could ever imagine. But psychology says people feel like they need to connect. If they don't have uh, access, uh, you know, to see someone in the vehicle driving, then this eyeball driving vehicle by Jaguar Land Rover will give us that comfort and warmth that Thomas the Tank Engine is coming to life and we can feel comfortable getting inside. Remember the Stephen King story about the uh, the, the car that came to life and was on, acting on its own? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. It was a tractor trailer. Was that the one we were talking about? No, no. It was a black car, a big black car, and it, it actually had a mind of its own. Uh, it's a horror movie. It's Stephen King. What do you expect? But anyway, just kind of, I read this today, and I thought, boy, that's, that's the next element of that, I guess. He, he, he's going to write a book about this. You know he is. Uh, listen, we've talked about the influence of COVID-19, especially everybody's getting impacted by this. But the airline industry has really been crippled by this, and uh, I know they're trying to get back on their feet. What kind of innovations are they up to these days? I, you know what, they've been talking about the changes that are going to be moving forward and we're watching, you know, if you're in the stock market, you're watching like Air Canada kind of losing price stock and everything else. This is going to really change life as, as 9-11 did and it changed the whole scope of security. They're now looking in Hong Kong and, and I would anticipate this is going to be a major airports in Montreal, Toronto. We're going to need to, pr to plan for a domestic flight. Used to be, you had to be at the airport two hours in advance. Now we're going to need at least four to five hours. And if you're going on an international trip in the future, get ready. You're going to need to be at that airport probably seven to eight hours in advance. And the reason is that the process is going through a couple elements. One, an immunity passport will need to be uh, it's being concerned or reviewed at the moment. Number two, when you get there, two things get sprayed or UV'd uh, light down, and that is you and your luggage. 
Then you go through a process of heat checks. Then you go through a process of wiping down. The planes will need to be wiped down. The spacing to get on that plane will need to be at least two meters apart, meaning longer uh, boarding times. Following that, there's wipe down of the plane itself. All the screens are being removed. All the magazines are being removed. When you arrive at your destination, you then have to go through another process of going through another fog UV machine, followed by your luggage going through an, uh, uh, a cleansing disinfectant process. So get ready, folks. That trip, if you're going for a seven-day trip, is probably only going to give you the experience of five, and you're going to be in the airports a lot longer going through processes. There's a lot of other stuff going on there, too, I know, that uh, that we've talked about on the show. Uh, you know, they're taking seats out of the planes now because, obviously, we can't be that close together. Years ago, they jammed them in there. You know, they, I mean, you, you've got to be 104 pounds to be able to fit into one of those seats now. Uh, but now they have to take them up because of the social distancing that's going on. They're going to some – then now they're talking about even maybe, you know, turning the seats around so that some are facing the side, some are facing the side. This is, this is going to cost these guys a lot of money, but they've already lost – well, you mentioned Air Canada. They've lost a billion dollars already. I mean, this is uh, this is going to be a long, long time coming back if they can come back at all. Absolutely. And, and you know, your drinking, your food is going to be removed. There's going to be, uh, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a cold day in a plane flying wherever you go. Don't talk to me. Don't come near me. Watch yeah. your safety procedures on your own phone. And, uh, and when you go to the bathroom, there's going to be uh, a robotic sanitized device where they're talking about actually every time you leave, it will be approximately two to three minutes for the UV to disinfect for every use. So it's going to be a complete different world when we come to, uh, you know, a, a new way of travel and the processes we need to go through. But all the amenities we took for granted, those are going to be gone. Got just a minute or so left, but I want you to talk about this patch. Uh, we've talked about identification of COVID-19, and, and there are you've got a patch now that can do something about that. Yeah, the university uh, has been doing some testing right now, and uh, in that process, what they've done is they've got a patch. Think of it as almost like a little, uh, uh, you know those devices that go on clothing, and they look like a little plastic patch, and if you try to steal it, it explodes or take it off, yeah. it, it ink explodes. It looks very similar to that. It's like a little plastic patch, and what you do is you attach it on your throat, and if you're concerned about COVID-19, you can wear this patch, and what it does is it actually will check warning signs if you did come into contact with COVID-19. The, the device won't warn in your throat is being used to actually check for symptoms. Not only does it give symptoms of COVID-19, it actually will determine based on your body type whether or not it will impact you or how dangerous COVID-19 would be. So think of it like this. If you wore the device and it wears like a Band-Aid over your throat, um, this would then keep a monitor. If you come into contact of COVID-19, it would register to say you've got traces of the virus based on your blood type and, and your or a medical condition, you will be in the next XYZ days, three days, eight days, uh, you will be needing to quarantine and you will need access to a ventilator. It's pretty advanced and they're testing this. They cut this on a few patients and it's been pretty accurate. It could be something we, we have to start wearing, Bill. Um, and not only, but you have to wear it all the time. It will give that full analysis of whether or not you will be needing to go to the hospital. And it gives the hospital's advance notice of we're going to need, uh, we have advance notice that patients are infected with the disease and they are likely to need a ventilator. So it's, it's an advanced warning system, which by the way, I feel a little better about this process than I do about Google and Apple tracking where I was, just exactly. to be clear. So exactly. it's an option. 
Adam Oldfield, we do this every Friday. It's uh, Tech Talk brought to you by Vacuuman. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you later. You too. Thanks, Bill. Be safe. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.